Hey everyone, welcome to Changemakers, a podcast about becoming an irresistible community. I'm Kelly and I'm joined by Susan and Nicholas today. And we have been on a journey to explore the work of Peter Scazzaro and the emotionally healthy discipleship. We're looking to become a culture of transformational love in our church, in our homes, in our small groups, on our teams. And so if you are leading a small group or a ministry team, you're a leader at a church, then this podcast is for you. And today, if you are listening via audio, we just want you to know that this is available by video this time. This is episode six, and we are recording it. And so you can watch us if you want to. And if you're watching us, we just want you to know that it's also available via audio. Yep. In last episode, we talked to Daniel Miller, our Next Gen Director, about exploring the iceberg and really looking at our motivations and our feelings and how they affect the way that we behave. It was great. Um, We talked a little bit about how God wants us to master our emotions. I love that part. Uh, He just emphasized that we can't control our circumstances, but we can control or learn to control how we react and respond and ultimately change our character into more of the character of Christ when we listen and interact with others so yeah and so this is episode six and we're going to be talking to Nicholas about incarnational listening listening like Jesus listened to other people listening to respond rather than listening to react or to talk Um, is that right listening to respond uh, I'd say so, yeah. There's a lot to it. incarnational listening. Um, I mean, it's a fancy, fancy phrase, um, and, but it's really a profoundly relevant phrase. Uh, we know from the prologue of St. John that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the Word of God. So he becomes a model as divine and human. He becomes a model for incarnational listening. He does it, and then he asks us to model it as well. Mm, Yeah, so what is it? Tell us a little bit more about your experience. Well, uh, incarnational listening, uh, we're called to do it uh, as Jesus did it. So whenever I think of Jesus, you know, getting involved with the disciples, it's always follow me. It's not so much teaching them in their head. It's walking with me, and he keeps in step with them, And as they walk, they discover who this man is. And in discovering who it is, this grace kind of flows into them, and they come to believe. So believing isn't this great muscular act I do. Believing is listening incarnationally to Jesus. And once I know that, I can have that same impact. I can become the Word of God. It's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. I mean, for us talkers, encourage me, because it sounds a little boring to sit there and not really engage, but it's not. That's not what we're talking about today. What? It, why is it so valuable? Yeah, it's so valuable because when you're listening to incarnationally, it's the person who's speaking that is the focus, and you're just open and listening and letting it all flow through to you. So you're not producing anything but it allows you to become an instrument of grace because that person gets turned on, turned up, tuned in, if you will, because you're listening to him or her. And in the very, and as you see that happen, 
You're saying you can realize, well, this isn't me. I'm just listening. Yaha. But it's the grace of God that's flowing from that person. So the kick, the, the, the payoff is you did nothing, but you allowed everything mm -hmm. to happen by getting out of the way. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. So how, how and when is it appropriate to use? I know you mentioned some experiences that you've had walking. Yeah, I'm, I'm a member of several men's small groups. And guys are, are very, what? They're a little more circumspect about their emotions and about sharing their faith. So uh, I, they often want to talk about sports and sports alone or the, or the, the job or the bottom line. So what I do is I, I, I created these Saturday morning hikes on the NCR trail for an hour. So we set my clock and out we go, 30 minutes, come back 30 minutes. So as we're walking, and this is the image I'd kind of like you to hold on to because it's, it's the key to incarnational listening, that where you try to meet the person wherever he is what he's thinking, what he's feeling, where he's at, what's going on in his life, the trouble, the work, wherever it is. When you're able to do that incarnationally and let that flow, he actually brings you to a little higher understanding of himself. And you can confirm that. And then that lets grace flow even more in him and you can affirm that. Notice you're doing nothing, he's doing it, but it's really the spirit doing it. And you know, after that hour, he's been to places he's never been. And you have had no uh, script except to listen and to do that more responsive. So there's, there, there are different characteristics of it. So I, the takeaways are, one, this should be a good symbol for incarnational listening. Two, let's look at some of these things. To be responsive. So that means listening rather than talking. And then when it's time to talk, to respond, not to your ideas, but to what you heard. Don't be defensive. Mm -hmm. So when something comes up and you find yourself clutching your chest or you know, taking a stand, refrain from doing that. Also, listen for the feelings beneath the words. With guys, that's really important because, no, first of all, they don't express those feelings very well. We don't. And so if you listen for the, the feeling beneath the words and then say the feeling so you really kind of it's a little scry a little scary isn't that hmm. whoa he's able to say yes to that because you've listened to that feeling and uh, you know validate whatever he says with empathy and he or she whoever, whoever it be um, the, the one thing I love is uh, be aware of how your family formed you as a listener and I'll get back to that one um, the, the eighth one is ask for clarification rather than assume you know what he's saying. So clarify and then, you know, so that you can say, yeah, oh, I understand. I clarify, I understand. Uh, don't interrupt, very hard for me not to do. <laughs> and give person undivided attention. So this thing about your family really has taught you how to be a listener or not. So I grew up in a very boisterous Italian family. Could you imagine that, an Italian family that's noisy? <laughs> well, we had it. And the rule of thumb that we all the sibling, all we uh, siblings had was that whoever talks the loudest gets the floor, not waiting for somebody to slow down and then enter. That would have been a good thing to learn, but we didn't learn that. So, so whoever's loudest gets the floor. So I went away to college, and um, you know, I'd be sitting at the cafeteria, <laughs> at the dining, at the dining room, and 
you know, eight guys all yelling and, and I'm yelling the loudest and people would say, shut up. <laughs> and I started to realize, incarnationally listening, that, oh, there's a different way to be heard. Mm-hmm. And it's first to listen. <laughs> so that was a big, great understanding for me. Yeah. Well, I, I understand. I'm a talker, so it's been tough for me to sit here and listen. But <laughs> can you <laughs> almost had to put my hand over my mouth or something. Um, but give us a recent example of how you may have tried uh, one of these skills that you mentioned, looking well, back. and. Well, one of them was I, I, I live with a priest friend of mine, and we share our home together. And a couple of weeks ago, I was at the refrigerator uh, snacking. And he walked by, and he said, <clears throat> Aha, you're snacking. And I said, what? He said, oh, just, just snacking. And I was really angry. And I wasn't sure why I was angry. I said, don't, this is my house. A little hu- triggered, a little triggered there? A little trigger, a big trigger. Trigger wasn't just the horse. This was a trigger that was real. I said, don't, listen, this is my house also. I'll eat when I want. And suddenly I just, incarnationally, I said, whoa. Sorry, I'm, uh, I just need some space. And I started to look it over and realized that I was hearing my mother and see just as I said I guess goosebumps which means it's probably not fully resolved so the trigger was very real and there so I realized that um, she was reprimanding me for eating that that night's dinner that was either the leftover or partially cooked so I'd be half raw things and and she'd reprimand me and suddenly that's what that meant so he was my mother, yeah. and uh, I was being defensive, I knew that. Uh, I was responding in anger. So I went back to him and I t- we had a conversation about that. And I said, you know, um, I'm sorry, I just realized that what you triggered for me. He said, well, I won't say it anymore. I said, no, 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 no. Because I've listened to you and I understand your intention was to just be kind of friendly. Be funny. Yeah, yeah. and cute. And. Um, I didn't take it that way. So I want you to continue to do it so that I can put this aside and it not be the trigger anymore. So that was a real insight for me. Well, thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your heart with us and your experience. I I just hope hope he's not watching this podcast. (laughs) Hope I was a good listener, (laughs) Um, but thank you. My pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone, for this episode of Changemakers. Thank you for being Changemakers with us. On the show next time, we're going to have Nicholas back to talk about a really amazing tool called the Ladder of Integrity. So we'll see you next time.